Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. All right, here we are today. We are starting a brand new series, as you just saw there, and I'm really excited about this. I, I have to admit this. I, I love the holidays. Don't get me wrong. I love the holidays, but I also love a new season, don't you? I love the new season and new opportunities, And because I, what I found with the holidays, it gets to a place that I'm so filled with myself. As much as we celebrate Christ and everything, it still turns in at the end of the day a lot of self-indulgence, okay? A lot of, a lot of celebrations, a lot of parties, a lot of things that as much as it's wonderful to do, it can be very consuming in my consumerness. And in some ways, it can kind of lead a little bit to kind of, a, I would say, selfishness. And as I kind of turn to the new year, I want to admit a problem. I want to admit a problem It's this. I have an eye problem. And the eye problem is it's not glaucoma or it's not, you know, I don't, need, I don't have cataracts or anything like that. I, I probably should wear glasses. I don't do that. So I guess I have that kind of eye problem. But I actually have an eye problem. I have an eye problem because I can get very, very self-focused. It's almost, in some sense, a, you know, spiritual nearsightedness. And, and, and what I found is that most of my problems, my issues and struggles, there's a common denominator. And it's, it's me. It's me. And how about you? Do, let me ask you, do you, have, do you have an eye problem? If you trace back in your 2019, or let's just say the 2010s, can you believe it, new decade, of your problems, your issues, your struggles, would you say, again, things have happened to you, things have done, people done things to you, would you say that maybe the, your major problem is, is you? Okay, before I, you and I beat each other up about that, that's the fact that we live in a very, very self-serving culture. We just do. We, we've lived a few decades now with ATMs and self-checkouts, and we still take selfies. We, there's a magazine still out there called Self. I mean, how self-centered you get? I think I'm going to buy a magazine. Now, if you got that subscription, don't, you know, it's your, we'll pray for you on that issue. But, um, what, <laughs> but, but really, we have now come out of a season of self-indulgence, but we still get focused on self because now we've moved in a season of self-improvement. Have you noticed that? You've, you've maybe stepped on your bathroom scale and says, we now have a problem, okay? We now, I, I, you've made a pledge, you know, you stood there, you've done that. As much as that's wonderful to say, I'm going to make a change here, it's still focused on self. It is. The question gets in all of our minds is, at some point, what happens when we get to the end of ourself? Now, you, I hope it's not this guy. The, there's a story, you might have heard the story of a, a sick man, went to the doctor's office with, with his wife. The doctor examined the man, ran some tests while his wife waited in the reception area. When the doctor emerged with concern, look on his face, the wife became anxious. Doctor, is my husband okay? She says, he says, I'm afraid your husband's very ill. He said he has a rare form of anemia, and if it's left untreated, he will certainly die from it. However, there is a cure. There's a cure? 
Yes, with rest and proper nutrition, the disease will go into remission and your husband should live for many years to come. But here's what you need to do. Take your husband home. Treat him like a king. Fix him three home-cooked meals a day. Wait on him hand and foot. Bring him breakfast in bed. And don't let him do anything you can do for him. If he needs something, you take care of it. Give him a back rub in the morning and a full body massage every evening. Oh, and one more thing. Because his immune system is weak, you need to keep your house spotless at all times. Do you, do you have any questions? The wife had none. Do you want me to break the news to your husband or shall I? Asked the doctor. I will, the doctor replied, or the, the wife replied. You, she walked in the examining room. The husband sensing that something was wrong. It's bad, isn't it? What do I got? His wife answered with a tear in her eye. The doctor says, you're going to die. <laughs> for better, for worse, it just got worse for that dude, right? As much as we can, kidding aside on that, what happens when we get to the end of ourselves? We're needing help. But the problem is, you're my problem. Because if I've got an I problem and you got an I problem, we got a you problem. That at the end of the day, we can't meet our needs on ourselves. There's, there's, we get to that end and the place of selfishness. The problem is this. The Bible tells us this. At some point, our I problems are going to collide. The Bible says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, the battle within you? You want something, you don't get it. You kill and you covenant, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. Deep down, the source of our issue of the eye problem is this original disease called sin. You know already in the middle letter is I. Very moment Adam and Eve bit into the forbidden fruit, Sin entered and selfishness was born. And it's been a fight ever since. And it's more than we could say meets the eye in our lives. For as far as selfishness can take us, it will, it will never take us far enough to satisfy us. In fact, the very nature of it will lead us down a self-destructive path which is scary because we don't even recognize it. We don't even see it. See, it's a, there's a nice word for selfishness. It's called hedonism. Hedonism is this pursuit of pleasure at the highest virtue. And it's basically saying, you've heard this before. You might even said it before. Is this? If it feels right, do it. You deserve it. Why not go for it? Hedonism has been all a part of our history. And it's been the downfall of, of major empires. Like the Roman and Greek empires. And I'm not to be a doomsdayer. But things are not looking really good in our culture. We know that, that personally what, what selfishness can do, we've already experienced the downside of it. We experienced the pain and the heartbreak and the financial collapse and the, the families torn apart and a course of addiction. All can relate at some level that we find ourselves staring in the mirror and going, how do I get over myself? Well, good news. Good news. Despite selfishness, our selfishness, God came to the rescue. Jesus knew and came to tell us there's more than meets the eye to help us with our eye problem. I love what the message expresses of Jesus' words on the subject of self. It just, it just sums it up what we're talking about here today. 
says if self-help is, is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to save yourself, your true self. Now, how do we find our true self? Well, it's the opposite of being self-ish is to be self-less. It's, 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 it's opposite. It, 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 but Jesus basically comes with a price that's actually worth worth paying for. Listen to the words now in the original translation of the same verse. It says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me, for the gospel, will save it. Now, how, how is this, is the irony of this? Isn't this interesting here of, what, if you want to save your life, you, you've got to lose it. You want to hang on to your life, you're going to, you know, you're going to lose it. You know, so it's, it's like, I kind of feel like it's picturing like hanging on to jello. Okay? You can hold jello in your hand, but the moment you squeeze jello, you've lost the jello. It's going all over the map. And I think we do that in life. We squeeze onto life so hard that we actually lose it in the process. And when you eat jello next time, you're going to be thinking of that. How can I squeeze, squeeze jello? Thank you, Dan, for that analogy. But Jesus puts it soberly in two questions he says next in these verses. He says this, and this is, if you got some ambition for 2020, here's some questions. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Well, the answer, you know, it's what? What's the answer? Nothing. Nothing. Let's back up just a few verses when he says, Jesus says this, of the risk of losing all, of trying for selfish gain. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Deny yourself. If you want to find your true self, you've got to deny yourself. Boy, that seems like counterproductive, doesn't it? When we're consumers and achievers in life, that's the opposite of what we should be doing. But Jesus is saying that's how you're going to truly find your life, but actually losing your life, letting go of your life, crucifying your life, crucifying your selfishness in a place of then surrendering to him. See, this morning, if you're trying to find yourself and you're at the end of yourself and you want to make changes to yourself, can I remind you of this? Self-help. Is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to save yourself, your true self. Now, how do you find your true self? How do you get over yourself? Well, here's our core truth for us today. The best way to get over yourself is to surrender your life to serve Jesus as Jesus did for us. Let me say it again. The best way to get over yourself is to surrender your life to serve, serve like Jesus did for us. Jesus is ultimately the, the, the amazing model of servanthood. And I love Philippians 2. I don't want to read portions of it here today to bring this to a place for us of how to get over ourself and the model Jesus has. First few verses here, I love this. 1 through 5 says, therefore, Philippians 2, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the, in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit of, of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above 
yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but also, but, but each of, of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have, check this out, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The same mindset as Christ Jesus. The mindset is selflessness through servanthood. The mindset, that's what he's talking about, is this, this part of your life or in life in total that you are going in your life about being a servant to get over yourself. You want to get over yourself is do the opposite for yourself. And that is not to worry and think about yourself. How do you get over yourself? Well, here's some thoughts that Jesus models to us. First is this, that real servants, you know what they do? They base their identity on Christ. You want to get over yourself is to base your identity on Christ. Have you run into people having an ego problem? They have an I problem, don't they? They, Every time you talk with them, I did this, I did that, I accomplished this. They're they're achievers. And there's people like that. You're like, ooh, this guy's got an ego problem. Or you meet someone that is the opposite. They, they're kind of the people that, that do like, well, you think it's that bad. Listen to what happened to me. I ended up getting this and this happened to me. and this. So they kind of do the opposite of they're more of a victim. You can be an achiever and a victim. And that what's happening is their identity is external rather than the internal side. They're looking, their accomplishments and, and the stuff and the issues are all there. And, and someone said about ego is, you can remember this acronym is edging God out. Ego is edging God out. When we are caught up in our own egos, there's two extremes. We can have a really big head or have a broken spirit. And it's neither one is effective of living as a servant of Christ. Jesus is our ultimate serving model did, that didn't have an ego problem. It says, who being, in verse 6, who in the very, very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Here, being, when, when you're the creator of the universe, you don't have anything to prove, do you? And Jesus knew this. His identity wasn't in what he'd see or touch. His passion was not of things of this world. See, Jesus' security and his identity allowed him to walk into in humility. Jesus' security and his identity allowed him to walk in humility. Rather, he made himself, verse 7, nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He had nothing to prove. Now, here's the question. Do you, do you have something to prove? Is your identity secure in Christ? How do I know this? Well, it's asking, who am I? Who am I wraps in the fact that my identity, if my identity is just in myself or what others think of myself, I'm going to have a problem. I'm going to still have an I problem. But as a follower of Christ, as we turn our life over to Jesus, the Bible says we're not our own. We're a new creations in Christ Jesus. Old is gone and this new has come. What's across our heart is a stamping of property of Jesus. And when we live in that, well, here's the challenge, when we live in that daily, when we walk in that daily, our worth is in God and who he says we are. And when we do that, when we truly walk in that identity serving, guess what? There's immense freedom. Because this freedom to serve and to do for people and help people and serve and be a part of it, you're not trying to get anything back. Your ego, your identity is not based on that any longer. It's based on Christ 
And there's nothing to prove. He's already proven it for us that we're loved and that we're valued and we're worth so much. So Jesus models to us this. His do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Now, some of you know me already. You know I'm an only child. And when you're with me over time, you're like, oh, we know that. You're an only child. Because it's as only children, here's us and here's the world. And what happens is we continually, as only child, if you're an only child, you get this, is to fight that we're not the center of the universe. Even though, even though at times it feels like we should be, we're not. And that's just something that we do. So uh, over time, I've said, I've got to be third place. I, I have this little bookmarker that says third place. I don't know if you've kept your third place ribbons. They're not that great, right? There's, the next one over is from third place is participant, okay? Third place is, you know, pretty good, right? It's, it's bronze in the Olympics, but it's still third place. But I put this as a, maybe in a devotional bi- a book or Bible to remind me that I am, that God is number one, that I'm number two, that, God, that others are number two, sorry, I gotta make sure I, third place. Okay, third place, right? I'm to be third place. God, you, then me, right? I love this though. That's the mentality. I love that. Man, I'm third place. I'm third place. And I tell you, when we're third place, there's there's this freedom, isn't there? That you don't have to be the most important person in the room. You can let your ego drop at the door. See, real servants... Next, know this. Next is this. Real servants make themselves readily available. Real servants make themselves readily available. I, you've done the holiday chaos and stores are kind of, is crazy. But I remember going in stores and getting certain things. I'm going in, I'm like, okay, I need eggs, I need butter, and I, I need cream cheese. That's it. That's all I'm going in the store for. Nothing else. Have you done this? And nothing else. And the, don't throw me a fourth thing because I'm going to have to write it down. Okay, three things, three things, three things. And then you're just, fo- I'm literally focused seeing where to go. How quickly can I get in? Quickly can I get out? But I tell you, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm running to somebody I know. And guess what? They just want to chat it away, and they want to share their problems, and all their things going. Tell me your problems. is what I want to wear the shirt they have on there. If that was you during the holidays, sorry if I wasn't giving you the time. I just wanted to get in, just wanted to get out of the store. But you've done the same thing. God continues to remind me, the people are, that come in my life are not interruptions. There are these divine moments and opportunities. And am I, am I ready? And am I available? I want to jump down to this verse, Michaela, this, this next part, this verse in John 12, 26. It says this, if, and I love how it says this. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. I love that, to be ready at moment's notice. Are you ready? Are you ready for God anytime, anywhere to use your life in a significant way? Another thing about real, being a servant and being, getting over yourself is this. Real servants see the need and run to it. Real servants see the need. How many times are you going, oh, I don't want to go there. They actually run to it. If you're new at North Bay, there's a certain type of people in this room. I'm not going to have them identify themselves or anything like that. But there's a certain group of people in this room. 
There's people that at times they wear lanyards that say care and connection or welcome tags or whatever. There's people on schedules, but there are also those people that wear those, don't wear those at times, they still have this mentality. And that is when they come into this place and they come into this environment, they're looking to find out where they can serve people and to serve you. In fact, right now, people are thinking about you. In fact, they're praying for you right now. Maybe you don't know that, but they're around here and there's people praying for you and care for you. They come with a mentality, a mindset of serving. What if we all did that? How incredible that would be. I'm going to jump down to Galatians 6.10. As Jesus had this mindset of serving, giving, humbling himself on the cross, Paul says this, whenever you have opportunity, we have to do what is good for everyone, especially for the family of believers. Who in this church needs you? Who are the people around you? How we get over our eye problem is serving and looking other-centered, just as Christ modeled this to us. Another thing about servanthood next is this. Real servants serve with the right attitude. They serve with the right attitude. Paul tells us later in Philippians 2, do nothing out of complaining or arguing. Now, it's hard to do when your heart's not into it. You can do the actions, but sometimes it doesn't, your face doesn't always show it, does it? I've been around enough in church sometimes, and I find people with this, is that there's some people that are kind of, I call them pseudo-servants. They serve, but they let you know how much they're doing and they're serving. And they'll let you know who's not serving when they're doing it. You know, it sounds like this. I guess I'll do it because nobody else will do it. I guess I'll have to be there because nobody else. And I just want to say, well, guess what, Messiah? You, You know, That job's already been taken. You don't have to die for you. You're just to serve. Thank you for your service, but there's other people that can stop. You don't have to do that. I actually try to get people out on that because our attitude, Paul says, is to be that of Christ Jesus. What did Jesus do? He didn't complain. Jesus, I know he's Jesus, but he went to says he went for the joy set for before him. He went to the cross. The Bible really calls us to serve the Lord with gladness. We don't need superstars in the church. We don't need self-proclaimed martyrs in the church. What we're looking for, what God is looking for, is people just to serve. And they're leaving their ego out of it. They're leaving their selfishness out of it. They're just saying we're willing to do this. I love what what it says in Matthew 6. Jesus says, "When, when you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. And how about you? This is nice to get. It's nice to receive from, from one another. But I tell you what, I'd rather get my pats on the back from, he- from Father in heaven. I'd rather get my reward up there. Doesn't mean we shouldn't acknowledge one another and encourage each other and, and celebrate the wins. But I tell you what, there's a greater reward that we're going to get. So if you're serving and no one's noticing and you feel like people are taking, a granted, granted for, uh, taking granted, uh, for granted of you, know this, you are making a difference. And you're changing lives. I love what Paul says. Throw yourself then to the work of the master, confident that, that nothing you do for him is a waste of time and effort. It's worth what you do. Know this, true servanthood is this. Real servants do every task with relentless dedication. With relentless dedication. 
I've shared this before, but it's in coaching or been coached is my, my coach would say, play to the whistle. So if you're in a game or in a practice, you keep going. You stop you don't stop running. You don't stop blocking. Stop blocking. You, you don't stop doing anything until you hear the whistle. And Jesus is calling us to play to the whistle. Not to do that. Because that, he modeled that to us. Jesus was in his human place. In a place of honest human moment. He just was contemplating the cross. He says, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup pass with me. But quickly he goes, no, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. He found in appearance of man, humble himself, became obedient to death, death on the cross. Death, you're thinking that's what we got to do? Well, death is death to self. Death because there's a work to be done. There's a mission that Jesus given us to go and make disciples. We're to play to the whistle until that's done. Let's not give up. Let's not quit. Let's not get disillusioned. Let's not allow ourselves to get offended when this person said this and I shouldn't have done this. And man, they didn't appreciate me there. And I guess they don't want me around here in this place. And like, that is garbage, right? You're allowing those voices to distract you and pull you. No, let's be relentless. Let's play to the whistle until the job is done. Which leads to this, quickly, is this. Real servants live radical lives. Because of time, I won't read the description in Hebrews 11 that we have here. But it describes, you can go back in Hebrews 11, 33-38, and how all these heroes of faith, what they sacrificed and, and tortured. And it says at the end of this, the world was not worthy of them. Real radical servants. I know maybe we're not called to run into danger at times, but we are to leave the comfortable. Alex and Taryn, we're, we're proud of them, aren't we? We're proud of them that they came from us and in the sense of a spiritual community here and have wonderful families that gathered here today that have just done such a fantastic job of them just being passionate about the Lord. And there's this incredible thing, but they took this risk to leave the comfortability of Whatcom County to go to Kamalu, Mexico, and lives are being changed because of it. Now, you might not be called to Kamalu, but you're called to go across the street. You're called to your boss and to your your spouse, your parent, your kids, your neighbors, their friends, uh, the people that are around you, people that have nothing to do, want anything to do with faith, you're called to them. Philippians, Paul says in verse 15, to be called to live blameless and true. It's not perfect, but to be this example. See, God is, church, God is tired of us living self centered, soft lives. He's called us to live servant lifestyles. What does radicalness look like? It means living the lifestyle that we proclaim. It's doing whatever we can to drop our agendas, to take the eyes out of our conversation, to keep third place throughout the week. Look for ways, because when we do this, guess what? When we serve this way, How about this? Real servants will be rewarded. Real servants will be rewarded. We need to be reminded. We need the hope to know that effort, sweat, tears, strain, stress, and suffering that Jesus modeled to us, also Jesus was rewarded in. Let's not forget 
what Paul says at all the suffering of Christ, that there'll be eternal satisfaction. It says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that every knee will bow and every... Uh, uh, above every name, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and in heaven and earth and under the earth, earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of the God, the Father. In Christ's humility and humbling, he's exalted. Now one day, we're not going to be exalted to the Godhead, but exaltation will happen in, in our works of service that God has called us to do. We're going to hear these words, accommodation, well done, good, and faithful, servant one day in our service. We're going to shine, as Paul says, like shine, like stars in the universe. But the glory is not our glory. It's God's glory of the lives that are being changed over and over. And then we're seeing the miracles take place in lives all around us because God wants to use our lives to serve. So as our team comes, as we close and our time here, it's short. Our end of our first Sunday of 2020 Here's the question. Who is the center of your universe? Who is the center of your universe? And if it's you, you have an I problem. Jesus is Lord and King. He is exalted, the King above all kings. He's the, he's the Lord and he rules and reigns right now. Does he rule and does he reign on the throne of your very heart. Do you need to remove you from your heart so that Jesus can take his proper place? Let's realign now. 2020, the beginning of it. Let's realign our hearts right now as we pray. Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. God, as we have had a wonderful holiday season, we haven't tried to make it about you, but man, we can make it about us. And now as we move into this next season, Lord, may we not move from self-indulgence to self-improvement and try to do life with ourselves, Lord. God, we realize we have to come to the end of ourselves. To find our true self is to let go of ourself. And so, Lord, we confess today our I problem. Lord, we confess to you the issues that we have are been our issues, and we own those issues, and we give them over to you. Not only our problems and our pain, but we, we want to give our very life over to you as to surrender to you. Lord, where we've slipped on the throne of our heart, and we're sitting on that throne, Lord, may we slide off and allow Jesus to be preeminent and dominant and be the one that we worship, the one that we serve. Lord Jesus, you are way better at it than we are. And so, God, we commit ourselves as a life of servanthood to you, to serve you and to honor you and love you. Lord, that we would rule, you would allow you to rule and reign and that we would be less, that you would be greater. God, we take that third place spot on the podium that, God, you're number one and the people that we can love around us are second place as we serve you and serve others the strength that you've given us. God, go with us as we do that here today in your strength and your power. May it be about you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that we serve, we pray in Jesus' name.